Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I want to start with a little story. Um, I don't want to do this every week, but I just thought this was humorous. And you may have heard me say this before, but it was worth repeating. An elderly lady was well known for her faith and for her boldness in talking about it. And she would stand on her porch and shout, Praise the Lord! Next door to her lived an atheist who would get so angry at her yelling that he would shout, There ain't no Lord! And this went on over and over many times. And hard times set in on the elderly lady. And she prayed for God in a loud voice to send her some assistance. So she stood on her porch and shouted, Praise the Lord! God, I need food. I'm having a hard time. Please, Lord, send me some groceries. And the next morning, the lady went out on her porch and noticed a large bag of groceries and shouted, Praise the Lord. And the neighbor jumped out from behind a bush and said, Aha, I told you there was no Lord. I bought those groceries. God didn't. And the lady started jumping up even more and clapping her hands. And she said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God, not only did you send me groceries, but you made the devil pay for them. That was just a humorous story I thought I'd share. Amen, right? And part of that is is what I'm teaching on the last few weeks is on praising God. We praise God in the good times and in the bad times. Amen? And I want to touch on that today as we continue and we close out this series today on worship in spirit and in truth. Everybody say worship in spirit and in truth with me. Very good. All of us, as, as I've touched on the last few weeks, are wired internally to worship. You will worship something, whether it's a, 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 an athlete, an entertainer. All of us will worship something. And in, inside internally, God wired us that way, to worship. And because we're wired eternally, internally to worship, we will worship something. Worship of God, though, is holy. Everybody say holy. Holy, holy the word holy, all it means is separated, separate unto God. So when God shows up, He touches your soul. He touches your spirit as He was doing uh, as we were worshiping him in song this, this afternoon. And he stirs that, that internal gift that he's already placed in you to worship him, to worship Almighty God. It gets stirred up in you. How many know that when you begin to sing praises, when you begin to sing songs to God, all of a sudden something inside of your soul begins to stir? Maybe it wasn't stirred when you walked in, but all of a sudden it begins to stir. Why is that? Because you're wired internally to worship him. So you discover in that process that praise is a natural thing to do, perhaps even more so than breathing. It becomes natural. When you're, when you're driving and you hear good news, all of us do this. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see another day. How many were just thankful for that today? Right? All of us should be. And, and it becomes so natural to say things like that. Lord, thank you for this day as I popped out of bed this morning. Thank you for the very breath of life. And so what we've discovered these last few weeks in this teaching is that the Lord reveals himself through his word and through our worship to him. 
worship matters and worship matters to God. Because that's what he created you and I to do, is to worship him. It wasn't just to make a million bucks and retire a happy millionaire in this life, although there's nothing wrong with that. Go get it. If that's what you're doing, go get it. But don't forget, he created you to worship him. Amen? He created you and I to worship him. Uh, I'm going to repeat what I said last week, this quote from Pastor John MacArthur. He said the following, Worship is our innermost being responding with praise for all that God is through our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, and words based on the truth of God as He has revealed Himself. Amen? Responding with praise, what we were doing, whether it's lifting our hands, whether it's clapping, whether it's tapping your foot, you know, when you get that beat going... There's something about you just tap your foot. You, guess what? The Holy Spirit got you. The Holy Spirit got you. The moment you started tapping your foot, and we respond to that with praise for, for all that God is. And then our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts and words become transformed. Because I tell you this, you could have walked in here, and I've said this often, you may have walked in here after arguing with somebody in the house. Maybe it was your neighbor. Maybe it was someone that you drove the, to church with, but the moment you start to worship, those thoughts begin to change. The, the actions, the, the words, everything begins to transform in your mind, amen? Because you're wired to worship God Almighty. Let's uh, turn to, and let's put up on the screen, Romans chapter 12, our sermon uh, text that we've been reading the last couple of weeks. I want to read it again to you. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Here we go. And this is what Paul wrote. He declared these words. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Let me just stop there. Your bodies are to be living and a holy sacrifice to God. You are to take care of your bodies. You know, there's a saying in the computer world, junk in, junk out. You know, what you put in, you get out. It's the same thing with our bodies. What are you putting in your bodies? Your bodies are now holy and, and acceptable unto God. Amen. It's a sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. So when you take care of your body, you're actually worshiping God by doing so. The scripture declares that here. And in verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. When we go to the word of God, when we're sitting in a church service and we begin to praise him, our mind begins to become renewed spiritually. It, it, it becomes more in line with what God's will is. Amen? How many know that's the case? When you come to church, hopefully you leave transformed. You, you leave different than when you came in. Amen? So when we acknowledge God and honor Him, we worship Him. Worship is our response to the revelation of who God is. Before I became a believer, before I ever started coming to church regularly... I didn't acknowledge him in my life. It wasn't a daily thought in my life. Crazy as that may sound, right, to all of you here today, 
But there was a time when I didn't acknowledge him. But now as he has revealed himself to me, who he is, I acknowledge that presence from the moment I lift my head up, the moment I open my eyes. I say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Amen. So I want to talk to you or go through three points today. Three point sermon. Go figure. That's what I usually bring. Amen. But here's the first one I want to start with. And I've heard, you've probably heard me say this or share this with you at some point. But number one, say this out loud with me worship with thanksgiving. Worship with thanksgiving. Amen. <clears throat> to arrive here at church today, and let me illustrate what I mean. To arrive here at church today, you all took a route that you take here to get to church. There may be other routes, but there's no shortcuts getting here, especially here in American Canyon. There's really only one way here and one way out. There is no other way out. There's no shortcuts. And, and, and so you have to follow the directions on the roadway to get here, the, the same directions you took last week and the week before and the year before and so on. And in the same way, it's with worship that there is a way to properly get to worship with thanksgiving. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, let me explain that in the Old Testament times, there was this thing called the tabernacle. How many remember the story if you're reading your, your Bible, through the, through Bible through the year, maybe if you're reading the chronological like I am, right now they've, they've gone through Egypt. Moses has led them through the Egypt, and now they're, they're entering into Canaan land. But during the time when they were in Egypt in the wilderness, they would set up this tabernacle. It was a huge place of worship. And they were to worship. It was a place of holiness. There was, there was a gate. Then there were the outer courts inside the tabernacle. And then the inner courts. And then inside the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was contained in the Old Testament times. Well, in order to get through the tabernacle, they went through a gate. And the gate was an elaborate curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet fabric. This was the entrance to the worship experience. So when you and I come into the presence of God, we have to remember to enter with thanksgiving in our hearts. And why do I say that? Well, let's put up Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4. If you have your Bibles, you should have this underlined, highlighted, just because it's a wonderful way to worship. The scripture says this in Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates. In fact, why don't we all read it together? It's up on the screen behind me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So what does it say when you go through the gates? Enter with thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord. So when you come to the house of God, when you come to pray at home, wherever it is that you want to get alone with God, begin to say, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the very breath of life. I mean, it's so simple. People will often tell me, I, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. What I just said right there was a prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the very breath of life. Thank you for allowing me to see another day. Thank you for a good night's rest, even if it was for only three hours or four hours or eight hours, whatever it might have been for you. Thank you for that, Lord. It's, it begins with thanks because what you're doing is it sets the tone 
internally for you to be able to come into His presence. Amen? So this scripture that we just read provides us insight into worship, into the worship roadmap. It, it gives us insight into how to get into His presence. I've, I've often said to you here, you don't just walk up to President Biden and say any old time you want, whatever president it is, there's a roadmap, there's, there's a process, there's procedure before you ever get anywhere close to the president. And in the same way, there's a process to get in front of a holy God. He will never turn you away. But there is a process as, as we mature and as we become believers strong in faith. He wants you to know, hey, look, listen, the first time you came unknowingly, you, you didn't know what you're doing, you didn't know how to pray. But now that you do, come with an, a spirit of thanksgiving. Enter with thanksgiving on your heart for all the things that you know I've done for you. Amen? So the key to unlocking intimate worship is to give thanks. Give thanks. So we, we begin by expressing gratefulness and, and for God, for what he's done. And then we begin to thank God, and it opens up the gate to God's presence. We now are, in, are allowed to enter into his presence. Developing a habit of thankfulness is critical to cultivating a, a truly worshipful heart. If, if you're not thankful it's going to be very hard for you to, to draw into God's presence. We can't authentically worship God if we're not thankful. Here's, here's the problem. If a person, if you want to get close to God, or even those that would come in here, and you were so angry because of something outside of church, something that you brought to church with you, that you were so angry and bothered, that spirit is going to have a really, really, really tough time to worship God. Amen? Because it's not in a thankful place. You have to learn to be thankful. So I'm encouraging you not only here, but in your homes, in, in your private time, when you go to the Lord in prayer, have a thankful spirit. Approach Him with thanksgiving in your heart. Amen? We have to develop that habit in order to learn how to walk into a deeper, intimate relationship <clears throat> with the Lord. So as we begin to thank God, worship then progresses into praise. There's a difference between worship and, and, and praise. We, we worship Him with thanksgiving, and then we enter His courts with praise, the Scripture said. Praise acknowledges God for who He is and the greatness of His name. I always tell you this, I acknowledge Him, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. How many believe He's been faithful to you? Amen? He's been faithful to you. He's seen you through some tough stuff. I know some of you, you've gone through some battles, some trials, and you've all gone through things, and God has been faithful to each of you and your families. Amen? You praise Him for that. Praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I praise you for your mercy, for watching over me and my family during this time. And then as we, we, we begin to praise His, His name, it turns our folk or the focus away from us onto Him. Because if you allow that problem to come in here and, and dictate to you how you're going to act the rest of your day, what you're going to think the rest of your day, you're never, never going to be able to praise Him. So it takes that focus off of you and puts it on Him as we begin to praise Him. And here's the thing about praise. 
And, and this is what I love about each of you as you're worshiping God, because when I'm up here, I can hear you in the back. I can hear you. Uh, I don't need to see you, but I can hear you. Praise isn't silent. I'll give you the example last week and the week before. I've been to, I've been to sporting events. I've been to concerts. Never did I just sit there in my chair and just go, that was great. That's nice. No, I stood up on my, out of my chair. I clapped. I shouted. I raised my hands. I mean, and I did that for something temporal. Yet I come into the house of God. Shouldn't I be doing that for an almighty God that loves me, created me, takes care of me? Amen. How much more should I be doing it for him? Praise isn't silent or eternal. Now it can be. There's nothing wrong with meditating upon the word of God, letting that allow or allow that to, to soak into your spirit. But praise is an outward response to the glory and majesty of God. There's something that you're going to do. You're going to tap your foot. You're going to clap your hand. You're going to beat, you know, beat, beat, you know, do, do something, you know. And then uh, or you're going to raise your hand. You're going to thank him. You're going to shout out loud. How many have ever seen that person next, you're driving on the road, and they're lifting their hand. They're praising God, right? They got worship music. Uh, that's me. If you haven't seen me on the road, or that might be somebody that you see occasionally, um, but they're praising God. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be in church. It could be in the road, on the car. It could be at home. Amen. But like the worshipers of old, we enter his gates and progress through the courts before coming into God's presence. See, ultimately, all of this is designed to draw you into God's presence. Worship, that's why we do worship at the, at the outset. We worship in song. We worship in the message. We worship while we're greeting each other. We worship by giving of our, of our time, our talents, our treasures. All of that is worship. Amen? So thanksgiving and praise usher us into that holy place. So that leads us to the second point, which is, Worship from the heart. Worship from the heart. Most of us have, have developed close friends over the years. Some of you probably have close friends that, you know, for, for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, maybe even longer than that. And you develop close friends because they have something in common with you. You, you like that person because you hit it off, because you connected with them, because you enjoy something about that person. Amen. And, and so that, that draws you into an authentic friendship, authentic community with that person. Now, some friends grow, grow closer than others because we tend to gravitate towards people that are like-minded like us. Now, did you know that God referred to David, King David I'm talking about, as a man after his own heart? Wow, wouldn't that be great if he could say, you know, Irene Dismuke, she was a woman after God's heart. Melody was a woman after God's heart. Bill Beetle was a man after God's heart. I mean, what, how awesome would that be that people would say that about you? That would be amazing. And here, I want to I turn to, have you turn to 1 Samuel. It's right before 2 Samuel. I'll give you a hand there. 
1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14. Listen to these words describing King David. It said, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. See, David was a mighty psalmist. He was a mighty warrior. He was a commander of the armies of Israel. But the Lord sought after a man that was after his own heart. David was that man. David was that man. Why was that? Why, the question is why? why? What was so special about King David? We know some of the bad stuff he did. He wasn't perfect. But David loved what God loved. Listen, you want to you wanna be a, a person after God's heart? Learn to love what God loves. Learn to love what God loves. As a young man, <clears throat> King David would tend his father's sheep. And David developed in that time a, a respect for courage, truth, justice, and for God himself. He was, if you read the book of Psalms, David wrote a lot of those Psalms. He wrote quite a few of those songs. They were songs that he would sing out while he was tending the sheep. He learned this as a young teenager, as a young boy. He began to praise God in the pasture field all by himself. He would write these, these psalms down. In fact, the Bible says that, that he developed his musical skill as he sang these psalms of praise that he had composed for God. And then the scripture also goes on to say that later in his life, when the ark, the ark of the covenant, was returned to Israel, David was so happy that he danced and praised God with abandon, the Bible says. In fact, he, he did it so much that his wife mocked him for it. But he was doing what he knew God enjoyed. He knew that God enjoyed that the ark was back in, in Israel he didn't care how undignified it looked. He didn't care that he was shouting and clapping and being loud. He didn't care what his neighbor thought. He just did it because he knew that God enjoyed that. Amen? God loved that because David worshipped him with all of his heart. That third point was worship from the heart. Worship from the heart. You know that expression, go big or go home? Just do everything with all you can when you, when you worship God Almighty. Worship Him with all you can. I, that would be what I would challenge you to do going forward. Amen? Amen? Believers to this day use David's songs to worship God. David wrote Psalm 23. There's, there's a song that we sing here based off of Psalm 23. And like David, we as believers are called to be people after God's heart. What is that? Learn to love what God loves. And how do, you know, how do you get to know that? By reading his word. It's that simple, and there's no other way. There's no shortcuts to it. You have to read the word of God to know what God loves. Amen? And then, and then you will learn to worship from the heart. And that takes us into the third and my final point for today. Worship in all circumstances. Say that with me. Worship in all circumstances. There will be good seasons and there will be bad seasons. How many know that? Amen? How many have had a bad season the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I would say that would be most of us, right? 
But here's the thing. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't change our love for God Almighty. We should worship Him in the good times and in the bad times. Amen? Question for you this afternoon. Do you only worship God when everything's going good, when everything's hunky-dory, as they say? When, when everything is just fine, is that when you worship, when you, when you find it easy to worship God? I would hope not. I hope that and pray that not only during the bad times, and I think a lot of us will often pray more during those bad times or during those tough times, and we tend to slack off during those easier times. But we should worship in all circumstances, amen? And I believe it's somewhat natural for us to praise God in some seasons than in other seasons. I get that. We will, we will all face struggles and trials of many kinds, losing loved ones. It's tough. I get that. I understand that. But it's a season, and you don't remain in that season, amen? You, God will pull you out of that season. Now, however, let me, let me point out this, that when Anna and I were in Cabo last year, uh, we went to enjoy a wonderful vacation down there. Uh, my brother and Lori were there. Great time. We had just beautiful times. I could say the same thing when we went to Cancun or really any place when we get away to go and spend time together. It's just a wonderful time to be there. And it's during those times when you see God's beautiful creation, it's real easy to worship God. It's real easy to say, man, this place is beautiful. God created such a beautiful place like this. And it's a very easy thing to do to declare that, God, you are the creator of all, of all heaven and earth, and you created this for our enjoyment. In that beach destination, it was very easy to praise God. Amen? But however, working back at home, working a full-time job, doing ministry, there are days that I don't have the strength. It seems like sometimes I'm just praying, God, give me more strength, give me more strength. With the stresses of the world economy, gas going up, I'm so shocked and surprised that you all made it here with gas being so expensive. And daily prayer requests every day coming in, Pastor, pray for this and please continue to send me a prayer requests. Don't, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from, from ever doing that. But what I'm saying is that there are seasons where it's much harder to praise God. There are seasons where uh, we need God more, seemingly, than others. But praise oftentimes doesn't come as easily as it does in certain seasons, is my point. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? But here's what I want to remind all of us. God knows our challenges. He knows what we're facing. In fact, He already knows when your last day on this earth is. None of us here know that. He knows if it's going to be next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. He knows that. But how many are thankful He doesn't leave us or forsake us? Amen. How many are thankful that He walks with you? He's faithful to you. Amen. See, the Psalms, the book of Psalms, challenges us to praise Him in every situation, in every season, in every location. Just because you're on vacation doesn't mean you, you get to take time off to not pray to God, that you don't have to read your Bible. No, even more so, 
God, I thank you. I'm in such a beautiful place. I'm going to worship you more every day. We did that daily on our vacations, everywhere we've gone. You don't have to read all the Psalms in order to understand that the psalmist understood that God was worthy no matter what the circumstances were, no matter where he was at. He is worthy. Paul, if you read the New Testament, he wrote psalms and worship, or he, he prayed to God in prison while he was imprisoned. He, he shouted praises to God. It didn't matter to him how bad and gloomy it looked. He began to shout praises to God Almighty in the middle of prison. Amen? Let, let's read Psalm 13. Psalm 13, I want to read to you this, these six verses, the first six verses. Listen to this psalm. Verse 1, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And maybe some of you have felt this during seasons of, of tough times. Verse 2, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. Or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Verse 5, here's where it transitions. But I trust in your unfailing love. Say that with me. I trust in your unfailing love. You see, circumstances shouldn't dictate to you whether you worship God or not. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. He has been good to me. Amen? I don't think I heard you. Amen? Amen. Amen. He has been good to every one of you. Amen. Sometimes you and I may feel that there is no hope, that there is despair all around us. And, and I get it, there are seasons like that. We've experienced seasons like that where it just seems like everything is going against us, and, but yet God is still faithful. God won't leave you nor forsake you. And you still praise Him. You still learn to thank Him. You still say, God, I thank you that you're still on the throne. Amen? He is still leading and guiding and directing. The psalmist here, even though he declares that there's no hope and only despair. He declares how good God has been and vows to praise Him. Vows to praise Him. Can I just encourage you the next time or if you're feeling discouraged and in despair, just praise Him anyways. Praise Him for who He is. Praise Him for what He's done for you. Praise Him for how good He's been to your family, to your siblings, to your children, to your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, for the job you've had for the jobs you've had, for the schooling you've had, for, for the lack of schooling you've had, and you've still been able to do it. Amen? We're reminded in this scripture that God is faithful. No matter your situation, no matter your despair or your hopelessness that you may feel in that situation, regardless of how desperate you may feel, God is still worthy of our worship. He is God Almighty. Amen. And even so, when it seems like He may have forgotten you, let me remind you again, there's over 8 billion people on this planet. 
and he has not forgotten one of you, and he never will. Amen. And that's a good thing. And as I close this afternoon, let me ask you again, are you here today worried about a particular situation? Are you allowing despair to overwhelm your thoughts about a particular situation? Have you lost sleep thinking about how you're going to fix that, how you're going to address that situation because it has you so worried? Well, the psalm that we just read reminds us to worship Him on every occasion. Worship Him in the goodness. Worship Him when you're stressed out. Amen? Even more so. Yesterday we went on a beautiful hike. We went up to the Marin Headlands up by the Golden Gate Bridge. We took some pictures. Anna and I and the girls went. And we had a great time. Just some short hikes and just beautiful out there. Gorgeous. If you've never been out there, I would encourage you to go out there. But when you see God's creation again like that, you just can't help but be reminded of how good He is. No matter what's going around in your life, we all need to take the time to just say, time out world, time out job, time out from this, and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the creation I see around me. Thank you for the beauty that's all around us and that we tend to take for granted. But it was a beautiful time yesterday with God's creation and His majesty all around us. And the question I have for you as, uh, as we close, and I invite you to stand with me at this time as we close and finish up today, but I'm going to ask you the same question I asked last week. Do you need to come to the Lord today and renew that worship? Renew your worship in your spirit and in your soul. Are you allowing despair? Are you allowing a season to overwhelm you and prevent you from worshiping God as you know you should? When we worship Him correctly, meaning with thanksgiving in our hearts as we enter His gates and then as we enter His courts, we begin to praise Him. And when you do that correctly, God draws close to you. You begin to have intimate worship with Him. It's not just garden variety style. It's intimate with your Creator. I would invite you today. We're going we're gonna to close and sing this song. And while we're singing and worshiping the Lord, I would invite you again to come. Find a place here to worship God. Have that intimate moment with Him before you leave today. I would just encourage you today. Let Him make Himself more real than ever in your life today. Would you do that? Let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. And I would invite you, if you want to come up and worship right now, just come on up. Lord, we need you. Father, we need you today. God, I look to you.
in you today. Lord, we enter your gates with thanksgiving on our heart. We're so thankful, Lord, for today. I'm not worried about tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. I'm, I'm just thankful for today, Lord. Each of us here, we enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. And Lord, as we step into your presence, we now praise you. We step into your courts with praise. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your mercy, for your grace, for salvation. We praise you for being so good to us, Lord. When we didn't deserve it, you were still so good to us. We praise you today. Lord, we experience your presence here in this place. I pray, God, your blessing upon each one here today. Make yourself real more than ever, Father, upon each one. God, draw us closer to you each and every day, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, Father. Desire your presence and more of it, Lord. 
all our days, Lord. That is our confession today. That is our declaration today, Lord. Forever, all our days, we will praise you. We will shout hallelujah to your name. We desire more of you, Lord. And we thank you for that today. Father, we love you. And we thank you. Help us not to just have that here, Lord. May we take this wonderful presence home with us, in our vehicles, in our job place, when we walk around our neighborhoods. Lord, let that presence of God just be with us everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus, we ask you that, Father. Now, a blessing, Lord, upon everyone here. If I could just have you lift your hands one last time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.